Give us joy, give us faith, give us life that we can taste. Give us the cross. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, in the few minutes that I have with you all this morning, in the next few minutes, I want to talk to you all about desire. Kind of like the, the U2 song, desire. How was that? Could, could have been worse. I want to talk to you all just for a few minutes about desire. And more particularly, I want to talk to you all about desire and mockingbird. The problem of desire is a problem that you and I have. And I want to start out like this. In book three of St. Augustine's Confessions, Deacon Mark, in book three of St. Augustine's Confessions, in the first few lines, Augustine writes this. I came to Carthage. Carthage is kind of like the ancient Roman version of Las Vegas. I came to Carthage, and all around me hissed a cauldron of illicit loves. As yet, I had never been in love, and I longed to love. I sought an object for my love. My soul was rotten in health. In an ulcerous condition, it thrust itself to outward things, miserably lusting talk about low anthropology, miserably lusting to be scratched by contact with the world of the senses. To me, it was sweet to love and be loved, the more so if I could also enjoy the body of the beloved. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of Chad Bird. Probably some of you have, probably many of you have. Chad Bird was a very successful young leader in the church, gifted and on the rise. He had a good head on his shoulders. He loved the Lord deeply. He was married to a godly woman who surely would make a really wonderful partner in ministry. Chad did so well in his Lutheran seminary. He did so well that he was fast-tracked. He was fast-tracked to do a PhD in theology, and the red carpet was rolled out for him, not just to be a minister, but also to be a seminary professor, kind of like Steve Brown from last night. His star was on the rise. Everything was looking up. His ministerial career, his theological career was on the up and up. Everything seemed to be going his way. The only problem is that Chad had a little ego problem. He was not unlike the young Saint Augustine of Hippo who confesses in his confessions that his all-consuming passion was to love and be loved. A few lines later in book three, next slide please, Augustine writes this, I was already top of the class in the school of rhetoric. You need to know that the school of rhetoric, think sort of of uh, an ancient, really prestigious law school. Augustine writes, I was already at the top of the class in the school of rhetoric and was pleased with myself for my success and was inflated with conceit. Over 
and over again. Augustine admits that he didn't really care about language or justice or truth as a young man. That's kind of weird since after all he was sacrificing his life to go to this really prestigious law school, this school of rhetoric, but he admits that he didn't really care about language or justice or truth as a young man. His motivation was a need to be affirmed. He had a need for affirmation, for high fives, for fame, for recognition. Chad Bird, while I'm sure, I know for a fact that he did love the Lord, and yes, he had a deep love for the scriptures, and yet really what he says in his book is that he was no different. And neither are you, and neither am I. Like Augustine, Chad had what I sometimes call an inner rock star, which needed to be on the top, stroked, always in the spotlight. And in typical fashion, this inner rock star reached out and grabbed all sorts of objects of love. These objects of love, which he hoped, hope against hope, would scratch his inner itch. Wine, women, and song, predictably. And so it is that eventually his affair, Chad's affair with another woman, was found out and his illustrious career came crashing down. And at that point, Chad Bird became a crasher and a burner. And like St. Augustine, though, like St. Augustine, the Lord was not finished with him. In fact, in a very real sense, the Lord was just beginning. Through unspeakable pain and repentance, the Lord brought Chad, like St. Augustine, back to himself, this time in a new and deeper way. Now, there's lots of directions we could take this this morning. But what I want to say to y'all this morning, as simply as I can, is that we are all like Chad Bird. We are all like St. Augustine. We all have a problem, and it is a problem of desire. It's not that our desires are too strong. It's that they are out of whack. And what St. Augustine says in the Confessions is that we keep trying to scratch our inner itch. I love this imagery of scratching an itch. We keep trying to scratch our inner itch with external things, food, sex, drugs, drink, even fame. This, Augustine says, this is the human condition. And what Augustine says in the Confessions is that we are in need of therapy. We are in need of therapy. And that's really what I want to talk about as I close, because that's really therapy. That is why I, for one, love Mockingbird. Do I love every single aspect of Mockingbird? Not all the time. But I love this, therapy. Therapeutic healing for my misguided 
desires. What does this therapy look like? Well, what I find so interesting is that this therapy is not really something that you can see or observe or prescribe in terms of step one, two, and three. This therapy is not a regimen of herbs that you can gargle in your throat. It's not an ointment that you can rub on the surface of your skin. This therapy is not an exercise regimen that you can perform to strengthen your muscles or improve your posture, neither your physical muscles and posture nor your spiritual muscles and posture. See, these, all of those therapies, gargling, ointment, posture, all of those therapies work on the outside. But what Augustine reminds us of in the Confessions, and Chad Bird would agree, is that our sickness is not external. It is a sickness of the heart. Next slide, please. In other words, what the heart desires, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. That's Ashley Knoll ripping on a 16th century guy named Philip Melanchthon. Let me repeat that. In fact, why don't you repeat it after me? One, two, three. What the heart desires, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. See, Mockingbird begins the therapy at the beginning, with the heart. That's where it begins, with the heart. This is a therapy of the heart. This therapy that is doled out gently, lovingly, easily. I love the word ease that we just sang about. This therapy is an internal one. It's a therapy of the heart. David Zoll is a master internist. So is Martin Luther. So is Father Robert Capon, Sarah Condon, and so many others. Is this therapy a talking cure? I think that in many ways it is. When we hear words that we regard as true, when we hear certain words, our hearts are strangely warmed. John Wesley was not all wrong. When we hear certain words, our hearts are strangely warmed. Words like, this is Jesus, I love you. Is that okay? Steve Brown. Words like, we are equally fallen and equally forgiven. Josh Bascom. Words like, Jesus will name our righteousness into existence. Bonnie Poon Zoll. When we experience, experience, it's all about experience. When we experience this warming of the heart, especially in the company of other folks who are also misguided bundles of desire, when we experience these words, our hearts begin to heal. Our hearts begin to heal from the inside out. Our desires are realigned. Our desires are satisfied even as they are also at the same time newly stoked and provoked and kindled. All by words. Words that heal 
the heart. Words spoken by Christ. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are already accepted. And perhaps best of all, you can already rest. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.